Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Note to self with Peyton Sartin. Hi guys, and welcome to episode 10 of Note to Self by Peyton Sartin. That's me. I'm Peyton Sartin. What's up? I am so excited that it's 10 episodes in already. I feel like that went by really fast. I still very much am a noob at podcasting, but I feel like 10 episodes is one of those, you know, mile markers, essentially. Um, I think the next one will probably be like 100 episodes, and that will be a really fun one to celebrate. But thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you to anyone who has rated and reviewed the podcast. Um, I'm super, super thankful for you guys. And I'm really happy that you guys are liking this because I'm having so much fun doing it. I've also invested quite a bit (laughs) into equipment and all of these other things and a lot of time into editing. So the fact that someone's actually listening to it, anyone's listening to it is really a beautiful thing for me. So I'm sitting in my downtown Los Angeles office. For those of you who have not seen the office tour video that I posted on YouTube, it went up on Sunday and I did a whole tour and just kind of like explained the process um, of getting the office and putting it together and kind of like why I did the office route, um, what I'm using it for, etc. I also have everything linked in that video. So um, I was really lucky to partner with one of my favorite brands, Decenio, uh, with in that video. So I linked the uh, prints that I got from them, which make my office just like very much more personal to me, I think. Um, and I also linked my Amazon shop because that has all of the stuff that I got from Amazon for the office, which is like a lot of stuff, um, there. And I also linked the outfit I was wearing because a couple of you guys asked uh, about that. So go watch that video if you haven't already. I'd really appreciate that. Um, I hope you guys love seeing me in my office because I will literally find any reason to come to the office. It is Sunday. I was here on Saturday, yesterday. Um, I was feeling like ass on Saturday and I was here. I was here on Friday. I'm here every single day. I freaking love it. I love this space. Um, I love that it's mine and I just want to take advantage of having an office for the very first time. I'm being so much more productive. And again, because I'm finding reasons to come to the office, I'm definitely like getting more inspired and, um, sitting here, like looking at this beautiful view right now, the sun is setting and I'm overlooking my favorite building in downtown Los Angeles. Um, and it's just, I can see all the way to the Hills and then the uh, mountains behind the Hills. It's just, 
it's just a beautiful setting and I feel really, really lucky and I'm happy to have somewhere like this to both work and uh, record podcasts and all of that stuff. So please go watch that video. If you want to, there's also a reel up on Instagram and a post about it. So if you guys want to creep on the office without watching the video, you can go do that. So last night, let's talk about last night. Last night was Saturday night and I decided I needed to go out with friends and I'm kind of like, I have this like new ish friend group here. And because a lot of my friends I'm like, have been friends with this whole time moved away. Um, I have definitely cut some people out of my life in the last like year and a half, uh, two years, I would say, especially this last year too. Uh, I definitely just like have tried to be making connections with people that I genuinely find to be just really good, nice people with no ulterior motives, people that when they talk, like I have conversation with them and I have things I want to talk about because, you know, sometimes when you're friends with someone for a long time and you guys are moving in different directions, like you look back on like, you know, a few months before you guys kind of like stop being friends ish. And you're like, wow, I was not interested in one conversation that we had. Like I was not inspired by any of those conversations. I was actually incredibly emotionally drained. (laughs) just like having a conversation. Um, so some of the girls that I've met lately and gotten connected with lately through friends and other things, um, are so sweet and inspiring and just like, we have great conversation. So we went to dinner last night, basically, by the way, for those of you who do not know, um, Claudia, you should go listen to her, uh, episode with me. We actually did two episodes together because we talked for such a long time, but she's one of my like oldest friendships in Los Angeles. I've been friends with her for a little over six years now. And her best friend from college moved here to Los Angeles from New York. Her name's Amanda. She is the sunshine joy of life. Okay. Like just the sweetest person ever. And, um, Claudia, like, introduced us obviously. So we became friends. And then Amanda also her best friend from high school lives here. Um, we call her Ozzy and she's, uh, always with her. And then, uh, also Madison, who I met through Claudia as well. She owns a company called East and West, the label. And then, uh, Amanda's one of her good friends. Uh, her name is Danny came out with us last night. So we did dinner and then we kind of bar hopped around Venice and ended at a house party at which Point, I was like, I will see myself out. Um, I have not bar hopped in a while, like going out wise. TK and I kind of did it downtown a little bit, um, but we weren't like getting dressed up and going out and stuff. So this was a new experience or an old experience, but like an exciting one. Anyways, um, I just fucking love them at dinner. We had the best conversations. Um, and I'm just like really having the best time with the people that I've chosen to put in my life lately. Obviously, Joe makes my life better like every single day. And I just really have only been conversing and talking to people who make my life better. It has been truly transformative. I will be I will say, though, like um, when you do kind of ruthlessly edit your life in that way, I feel like it can be kind of lonely for some people. I love to be alone. So I'd rather be alone than be around with people who I like, I'm not inspired by or like not really interested in their life and stuff like that. Um, as like harsh as that is, I just, I don't want to be around people that I like can't have a conversation with naturally, you know? Um, and I'm really lucky to have found some people like that who are just so, so freaking cool and fun and funny and smart and just like 
sunshines of people. So I went out with them last night. It was so much fun. And this morning in true me form, I woke up. Okay, y'all, I, by the way, I wasn't blackout last night. I don't know what keeps happening to me. I remember everything. And I remember being like, I need to go home. Like once we hit the house party, I was like, all right, it's time for me to go. (laughs) I got to go home. So I get in the Uber from Venice. Um, I get home. I'm exhausted, like so exhausted that I passed out immediately upon touching my bed. Okay. So when I woke up this morning, I had all my makeup on again. This keeps happening to me. Um, my top, which is like one of those wrap tops. So it's like all sideways. Like there's a boob out. My jeans were off, but like still on the bed with me. And I was on top of the comforter. I literally can't function. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I just sat down on the bed, took my pants off and immediately went to sleep. (laughs) So I'm happy I got myself out of that house party situation because that could have been a disaster or I could have fallen asleep in an Uber. I don't know. But today, really what I wanted to discuss was um, my personal experience with anxiety and depression, because I talk about it a bit on Instagram. I don't want to be like one of those annoying people who's like always talking about depression or always talking about anxiety, because I feel like sometimes that's viewed as negative. Um, I don't want to make people like feel like shit (laughs) or like think that I'm complaining, because a lot of the times when I talk about anxiety and depression, I'm genuinely not complaining. I've accepted it. It's something I've dealt with my entire life, those two things. Um, I'm not I don't feel like a victim from it. I feel like everyone has their shit they have to deal with. And I've been pretty lucky in my life to not have a lot of shit, but the shit I have to deal with is just my brain (laughs) and my brain chemistry. And it sucks a lot of the time because things can be going super well and everything on the surface can appear to be really great. And I, um, my life's going well and I am severely depressed and it makes everything worse, obviously. So like, it doesn't matter how well you're doing or how happy you should be because when you're depressed, it's like a sickness. Like you're not going to get, like, it's hard to get out of it. Not, not going to say you're not going to get out of it, but it's, it's difficult to, um, get out of. And I just kind of want to explain my situation a little bit more so you guys can have perspective on like where, um, I'm at mentally and like, you know, sometimes the way that I am on social media or the way that I act, um, you can kind of tell if I'm depressed and stuff like that. So I just want to touch on it because I am going through uh, quite a depressive episode right now. And I feel like it's like the best time to talk about it when I'm in it. So we'll start at the start. (laughs) I have always had this. I have never not had anxiety and depression. Um, I've always dealt with depression. Um, A lot of the time, like when I was young, I actually was definitely a reader. And, um, in my earlier years, like my early teens and my late teens, um, I found this quote and I don't remember who it was by, like who said it, but basically they were saying that depression makes you look at the world really realistically. And you see the world as it is when you're depressed and you don't add the bells and whistles. You don't romanticize. You're just looking at reality and saying, Oh, okay. Well, like it's pretty non, um, magnificent in that way. And it just, you get really real when you're depressed and it's not as much as like sadness as it is like, um, emptiness, 
you know? So anyways, I've gone through depressions my entire life. Um, that is something that kind of comes and goes. I feel like there's always a little bit of it with me. Um, but the anxiety stays all the time and is at the forefront of my mind constantly. The intrusive thoughts, um, not being able to breathe, um, moving really fast all the time, feeling like I can't stop. Um, it genuinely feels like there's something chasing me all the time. And my, throughout my young, you know, childhood and things like that, I, I didn't know that I had these things. I just thought that, that, that I was living my life, you know, and this is how life was. Um, I was not a happy child at all. I had moments of happiness. And I think one of the, um, most amazing things my mom has ever said to me in my life is that she hated seeing me like the way that I was, but obviously she didn't even know I was depressed either. My parents didn't know, um, or they didn't know I had anxiety. Uh, but she was like, you're so pessimistic and all of these things. But when you smile and you laugh, like you light up the whole room, like your, your smile is so genuine and so big. And when you actually feel it, it's really beautiful to look at. And I honestly think it's because of the fact that I experienced depression. I think it's, it's, especially as a kid, that was kind of few and far between. I was a very serious child. Um, I was very irritable, very pessimistic. I would call it realistic, but you know, whatever. Um, very angry, just like very angry all the time and just really unhappy. And I didn't know again that I had these problems with anxiety and depression. I just thought this was normal life and that everyone felt this way. And I was always very confused why I was always angry. And then I felt guilty about it. And I always got in trouble for being, you know, surly or angry or, you know, overly or detached almost, um, not caring, um, things like that. And of course my parents didn't know that I had depression. So I was always in trouble for being angry, (laughs) which is kind of fucked when you think about it. Um, but this problem does run in my family. My grandpa has it, his dad had it from what we think. Um, and of course, you know, back then people self-medicated with alcohol. And, um, I think a lot of times, especially back then that I feel like alcoholics probably got, um, people got misdiagnosed as alcoholics when really they were kind of depressed and anxious or whatever it was. And they were trying to self-soothe and, um, self-medicate with alcohol. Um, I totally think that my grandpa's dad had it. My grandpa has it. My mom has it. And I have it. And it's just this like weird, ever present lingering anxiety and depression. And, um, I have been medicated before. So when I finally got to the end of my rope, I was probably 19 years old. And I realized that I just like, I had to try something because something was off. Like, I don't know how, how everyone else could have been having like a great life. And I just like fucking hated my life. Um, I did not want to be on the earth. I wasn't suicidal in a serious sense. Um, but I did fantasize about not being alive, to be quite honest. Um, I didn't, wasn't going to, or ever going to actually go through with like killing myself or anything like that. Trigger warning for those of you, I should have said, I guess before this, um, uh, I had those feelings. Um, but I never was planning on acting on, on it at all. Um, I, but I did fantasize about not being alive. I thought life, you know, it was, it's too hard. I'm exhausted. I've been exhausted since the day I was freaking born basically. And I think that, you know, especially growing up too, I was a model and I was a cute little kid and I didn't really have that much of an awkward phase. So like, I feel like people looked at me like my life was perfect. And I I just think people 
you would have never guessed, honestly, that I had this kind of like severe depression going on. Um, anyway, so at 19, I was in college and I was just like, you know, I should try something because my mom had uh, told me that I should get on medication. Her and my grandfather had both been on medication before or either were on it before or were on it at the time. And I went and tried it. I went to a psychiatrist. I tried a couple of different medications until I got one that worked for me. And it was unbelievable, the difference. Um, it, I mean, it was night and fucking day. I, once that medication started working, I was able to nap in the middle of the day, which had never happened with the, the level of anxiety that I have. Um, I was much more relaxed, and I could not believe that this is the way people live their life. I was literally like, holy shit. <laughs> what is going on? Um, they, they were antidepressants, so they would help with the both depression and anxiety, uh, mood swings, things like that were completely, um, evened out. And I was just definitely more relaxed. Um, and that really showed me that there was a problem with my brain, that it wasn't me being a bad person. It wasn't me being surly and mean and evil and all these things that I had heard honestly throughout my childhood. Um, based on the way that I acted. And obviously, you know, teenagers, things like people, young kids, we all have our moments where we're not our best, you know? So I'm not saying maybe it was all depression. I think I was probably not well behaved in general, um, at some point, but when I look back on it, I was just severely depressed and getting in trouble basically for being severely depressed. And I, I noticed that at 19, I was like, holy shit, like this completely changed my personality. It also made me realize that the problem wasn't with, you know, me, who I am as a person. It's just a simple brain chemistry problem. And, um, that was really reassuring to me. I think I ended up getting off of medication because, um, I had a bad experience, um, with withdrawals when I, uh, studied abroad in Italy. I left my uh, meds on a plane and I couldn't go back and get them. And it was really difficult for me to get those medications in Italy. Uh, so I was without, all, you know, any medication went from, um, being medicated every single day to cold Turkey stopping, which is really bad for you when it comes to antidepressants for depressants. And no one should do that. It's like pretty dangerous. And I was having severe withdrawal symptoms. Um, none of my friends who were with me in Italy really knew that whole scenario. They thought I was just being like dramatic and like, didn't want to go out and hang out with them in Europe. Um, but I was on the ground in the dark, in the fetal position, throwing up, I was getting what they call brain zaps, like pretty heavily. And I remember one day I was just running around Florence trying to find this doctor. And obviously everything's in like Italian trying to find the doctor. I can't find him. And I was just, I had my sunglasses on and it was daytime and I was just sobbing because I was having these crazy brain zaps that really make you disoriented and already being in a different country is pretty disorienting and finding your way. And I was just sobbing, crying. I had to stop to get something to eat because like I was feeling really nauseous, but like I needed to eat something. And, um, I stopped at a McDonald's. I'll never forget this. And I was sitting there at this McDonald's in Florence, just like sobbing, eating a hamburger or something. It was actually really sad. Um, but after that, after I kind of got off the medications, um, or after I got my medications back, I slowly weaned myself off of them because I just didn't want to have that feeling ever again. But the being medicated really taught me a lot about 
me and my problems. And I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression um, through a psychiatrist at 19. Uh, I already knew that I had those things, but also was kind of nice to hear her diagnosis as well. And since then, I've just been living with it every day of my fucking life and trying to cope with it in the ways that I can. Um, just because medication isn't for me, I try to stay away from like prescription meds when I can. Um, obviously, if it's life or death or if I really need something, I'll have it. If, it, if I, you know, standard me getting a UTI every five fucking seconds, I'll obviously take antibiotics and stuff. But um, I I do try to stay away from medications and I do love what meds did for me and like my perspective on what I'm dealing with when it comes to depression. So I asked you guys to ask me a few questions on my Instagram story, just anything you uh, wanted to know about my experience with anxiety and depression. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and answer some of those now. Let me pull this up here. All right. The first one says, how do you communicate your anxiety to your significant other who may not experience it? So Joe has not been depressed and anxious a day in his freaking life. <laughs> oh, also I wanted to note when I'm talking about these two things, depression and anxiety, depression is not sadness for me. It doesn't feel sad. Um, it just feels empty. Nothing is vibrant. Um, I go on autopilot basically when I'm in uh, a depressive episode and I try to do the things that I know I'm supposed to be doing and I would want myself to have done when I get out of the depressive episode. I try to continue my work and all this stuff, but it is really mentally taxing and really difficult when you're in that state. Um, but again, I just try to kind of go on autopilot and just like be a robot and do what I got to do and get done what I have to get done. There's not a lot of flavor added to it. Um, and sometimes I think you guys can maybe tell on social media when I'm not feeling my best. Um, I don't really disclose it as much because I don't, again, want to tell everyone like, oh, I'm depressed because then I'm going to get a million messages being like, oh, no, we, like, I'm sorry or whatever. I totally understand the desire to like um, reach out to someone who's saying that they're depressed, but I don't like getting messages about it. I just don't want to have to talk about it or explain it um, further than what I'm doing, obviously, on the podcast. Um, it's just one of those things that I kind of like, I just get more anxiety from uh, getting a lot of DMs, even when they're super sweet sometimes. I just like have anxiety. So I don't want to talk about my depression too much to where it triggers anxiety because it will. Um, and then when I talk about anxiety, I'm not really talking about being nervous. My anxiety manifests itself in really like shortness of breath. When I got medicated at 19, I realized that I feel like I hadn't taken a full breath in my entire life. Like I literally was like, wow. I can breathe now. Like I'm breathing. <laughs> this is great. How was I missing this all before for 19 years? Um, I feel hurried and rushed. And again, very short of breath. Like right now I'm super short of breath. Um, I feel highly uncomfortable out of place. Um, just feeling like I need to get up and run. And I have highly intrusive thoughts I would say every five seconds of a very serious and intense death for myself or someone I love. Um, I think about it constantly um, to the point of where I physically like my body like um, tenses up and I can't breathe even more. And that happens constantly all day, every day. And it has never not happened in my life. Um, I, I think that's relatively normal though. I mean, like we're humans and we want to stay alive. So uh, that that's somewhat normal to me, but I have some very intrusive thoughts that I would really like to go away most of the time. Um, so the question saying, 
how do you communicate your anxiety to your significant other who may not experience it? So I have to explain anxiety and depression to Joe like I just did um, and how it how it manifests in me specifically is not going to be like everyone else. So I explained to him exactly how it feels for me. And he doesn't usually invalidate my emotions. He does ask questions about it that sometimes make me defensive just because it's so close um, to my heart and such a part of my personality at this point. Um, and I feel... When I don't feel understood, I get a little bit defensive and it makes me more anxious. So I'm working on that. But um, I, I try to answer his questions as much as possible. I try to be as clear about the feelings as I can. And I try to tell him how I need him to act in those situations. Like I was feeling super anxious yesterday and I was on the phone with him and I was like, yeah, I'm just feeling really, really seriously anxious lately on top of the depression that's been happening for about the last like two months or so. Um, And he's like, well, why are you anxious? And of course, I'm like triggered by that question because I'm not really anxious about anything. Like, you know, I'm thinking, oh, he doesn't understand. He doesn't understand me. I didn't explain it right. Like I'm getting anxious about explaining it. Um, I don't really have anxiety from anything specific. Um, It's always been with me. I think it's a true brain chemistry issue um, since the dawn of my life. And... um, Sometimes it's heightened, sometimes it's not, sometimes it's triggered by something, a lot of the time it's not. It's just how it is, you know? Um, So me explaining it to him, I'm just very specific and I tell him like, hey, when I say I'm anxious and when I'm sharing with you, because it's hard for me to disclose that I'm anxious sometimes because I don't want to have to be like, one, explaining it um, and answering questions about it and all the stuff when I'm anxious. I just kind of like want to talk through it and talk myself out of it or distract myself or something. Um, so I was like, Hey, like when I say that I'm anxious, I really don't want you to ask me why, like, I know you're trying to help, but like, there's not ever a reason really. Um, I'm just feeling really anxious. And like, if you could just be reassuring and just be nice to me, that would be nice. And he listens and he does that. Um, and he's very supportive. Uh, and I do feel kind of bad sometimes. And I've always kind of felt like a burden when it comes to relationships, um, and I've also not gone the route of explaining it to a significant other before. When I was younger, in my early 20s, I had a relationship that did not feel like a relationship at all because I wasn't there. Like, I wasn't a person. I was severely depressed for a whole year. And I could not communicate it to him because he had never been depressed before. Um, and I didn't want to be annoying, so I just didn't say anything. And I was fully detached from that relationship because I didn't tell him about it. And... Um, I think that obviously that was the detriment of that relationship. And again, I knew him prior to being in a relationship. I was a completely different person. And when we started dating, I was in the middle of a depression and I was not myself. Um, and the relationship suffered because of it. So with Joe, I've definitely been specific to explain to him things without like talking about it too much and like making it his problem. Um, but I do explain it to him and and tell him, you know, I've got it covered. I've dealt with this my entire life. I'm just telling you how to deal with it when I do need you. And when I, when I do need to lean on you, which is really hard for me, um, to be open about that and, um, lean on someone. It's really difficult. So I do literally just word vomit. Like I just did everything that I can to him and really be specific and explain to him how he can help me in those times. I got a lot of questions that were like, you know, when you notice a depression coming on, what do you do? Um, I wish I had a good answer to this. I know there are some things that do make me happy in this life. Sunlight is one of them. And honestly, that's one of the biggest reasons I moved to Los Angeles. And one of the biggest reasons I haven't left is because 
I love waking up every single morning with the sun shining. I love my apartment. I love how much light is in it. We've got the floor to ceiling windows. The whole thing's a window basically. And I need that. Like I truly feel that I need that level of sunlight in my house, um, to help me day to day, just to get out of bed. Um, when it comes to the depression, um, so I do try to go kind of when I feel myself getting in that depressive state, almost on autopilot immediately where I do the things like I work out or I try to work out, um, and I try to get sunlight and stuff. And at the end of the day, though, I just try to do what feels best for me at the time and whatever makes me happy at the time, um, when I'm truly in a depression, because it can be really hard to pull yourself up and get yourself to the gym and make yourself work and all these things. And I find that I have to find like truly go into an autopilot mode, um, and just start doing life and let the depression happen and not try to control it too much, quite honestly. Um, one of my biggest, um, like tips that I've learned as of late is to kind of just like, instead of labeling it like such a bad thing, cause obviously it is, it does, it is seemingly negative and it can be negative in a lot of ways. I try to not take it too seriously and I try to not label it as something so horrible, you know, like I'm just like, again, this is my shit I have to deal with. It's a depression. It's in my brain. Like this is just the way my brain works. And I try not to take it too seriously. Like I try to kind of just try to have like a lighthearted attitude about it weirdly. Um, and I try not to be so up my own ass that I think that like my depression is like the thing in the world. that's like the worst thing ever. Um, I just try to get some perspective and I let myself be depressed. Like sometimes you're just going to be depressed and I let myself do it. I try to keep my life on track as much as possible. Um, I go into my robot mode sometimes when I need to, and I just get my shit done. And that's how I deal with my depression right now. I wish I had a better answer, but that's the real answer. <laughs> um, lots of questions about maintaining work ethic during low moments. Again, I've been really trying to allow myself space, um, to relax, I think that now ish is around this. This is the time that I've kind of saved up enough money and all that stuff that I could not work for a week, which has makes me anxious, honestly, to say out loud, because I've been working really, really hard and really long hours every single day for the past six years because I work for myself. And I always feel like if I'm not working, it's something's going to be taken away from me or something. You know, I have a really bad relationship with work. Um, I use it as distraction from my anxiety. I use it to soothe my anxiety. Um, so when it comes to a low point, like we're talking about depression, low point, I just kind of try to get at robot mode and get stuff done. I do need to be better about giving myself some space to like really relax, um, and do things that make me genuinely happy and like feel alive and stuff like that. Take a break, do something different. I feel like when you're in a depression, if you do things that are different, um, if you travel and do things like that, I actually think that's one of the only things that has ever helped me is really kind of switching things up and like making myself feel alive again. Um, the anxiety though keeps me working. So I use, like I said, work to self-soothe with anxiety because I feel like when I'm busy, 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 I almost am, I'm moving at the same speed as my anxiety. And I, I feel like I have to be productive. And when I'm being productive, my anxiety is a little more soothed, um, which is also really bad. I feel like I need to learn to, um, relax and not let my anxiety dictate my entire life. And I think in our society right now, the whole like to-do list, girl boss, getting your shit done kind of thing is so like exalted as a, a an image to have. And that's been nice for me because that's just how my, I naturally am. 
But there's a difference between being busy and, you know, genuine productivity. Um, And it's not good to be busy all the time. And it's not good to be on all the time and to work these, you know, 18 hour days that I've been working for so fucking long, Um, always trying to do something somewhat, you know, productive all the fucking time. It's not good for your brain. (laughs) Like it's not good. Um, so I need to work on, on that because my low points with my anxiety actually have me working more low points with depression, have me, um, forcing myself to work. Um, and sometimes they happen both at the same time, which is a very confusing experience to have them both. I will say for any of you who have anxiety and depression, both, you know what I'm talking about? Like your depression makes you want to nap all day and never get out of bed, but your anxiety makes you jolt out of bed and like get moving. It's like the weirdest thing. This one says, what do you do on the days where you feel paralyzed by all the things you have to do? So like I said before, when anxiety and depression are working together, I feel paralyzed no matter if I have to do stuff or not. Um, It's a very paralyzing feeling and um, my anxiety and my depression both make me feel really overwhelmed all the time. Even like the smallest task feels huge, right? So Normally what I do on days where I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed like that, or I feel like I have so much stuff to do, I just break it up into little tasks and I write them all down in a list. And I, no matter how dumb the task is, I write it down on the list and I make sure I do it. And once I start crossing off and getting momentum that way, I feel like I start working to those bigger tasks. Um, someone said when it first began my anxiety, I guess, and my depression, did you know what you were feeling or were you confused about it? Like I said, this has been happening to me my whole life. So I never knew anything else besides this, um, other than when I took medication for it. And yes, I was very confused by it. I think the people around me were confused by, it. I think I was labeled as a young kid as again, pretty just like mean and surly and all these things. But the thing is I was very short tempered. Um, I was very uncomfortable all the time. I always felt like I was in defense mode, um, in life. I was just very much like that. Not necessarily with my friends because my friends weren't, um, you know, telling me what to do and judging me all the time. (laughs) Um, you know, like parents have to tell you what to do and they do judge what you do and tell you what's right and wrong and all these things. But, um, I think that my behavior was very misleading because I don't think that I'm a mean spirited person at all. Um, I think that I was coping and trying to like survive to the next day. And I just was very angry. And I was coming from a place of anger because I was always confused, depressed and anxious. And I was six. So (laughs) it's really hard to have perspective when you're six. Um, so no, I didn't know what I was feeling. And again, I didn't know about that feeling really until I was about 19. And then I learned more about it every single day. Um, this one says, how are, how, I guess, how to be social while going through a depression. So I was talking to Joe about this last night, actually. And I went to go be social last night and I was like, yeah, I'm in a depression, but I still have to live my life. And I feel like trying new things, being around new people, having new conversations is always really helpful. Like that's one of the one things, like I said, that's actually helpful um, to depression for me. And so I made sure to go out last night, even though I really didn't want to, I really wanted to lay in bed and do nothing um, or work. And I went out with some people that I really, really like and formed better friendships. And um, I think that doing that more often will really help in the long run for me in terms of depression Um, and just having the right people around me. So I kind of over, I was overriding my natural tendency to want to isolate myself, which is what I do most of the time when I do feel a depression. Um, And I kind of tried to find community and it's hard to get out and do all that stuff when you feel depressed, but and anxious, especially because I was super anxious last night. I'm super anxious today too. Um, but I just like, again, went on like autopilot mode and did what I think was best for me. And I had a great time. So this one is more talking about like business. How do you answer 
emails and deal with keeping contact with brands. So my managers do all of this for me. I don't come in contact with brands really. Basically, I don't do any of the negotiations back and forth anymore. I used to be, I used to like from the ground up pitch myself, do all the emails, negotiate everything, negotiate all the deliverables, um, go through the process of creating the uh, content and then sending the content to them, getting it approved, posting, sending on the stats after, and then even down to chasing the brands down for my payment. Cause that, you know, if you're a blogger influencer, you understand a lot of brands don't pay you on time. You do have to chase them down. So I did everything, um, via email and I don't like contact with people socially. <laughs> I can't handle a lot of it every single day. Um, it makes me even more anxious. So when I got management, basically I was like, I don't want to see the email chains. Like some people want to be on them. Some people don't, I don't, I trust them. And I've been with them for about three years now. Um, so I completely trust them. Basically, I don't see any emails, any negotiations until I get a brand deal. And I get the email from my managers, not from the brand that say, Hey, this is the, the situation with the brand. This is what they want you to promote. Here's the time frame. Here's the, um, amount they're going to pay you. Um, here's all the extra information you, you need to know. Do you want to do it? And I say yes. And I just correspond with my management and they correspond with the brands. Um, so I've done that to set a boundary for myself because I know I don't like to talk like that. And I know I don't like to be in that contact with that many people. So I just let them do it. But again, people are all different. My friend Claudia is in on every single email. She wants to see everything. I don't, I handed that off and I was like, freaking good riddance. <laughs> I don't want to deal with this lately. I've been trying to be better about getting the contact information for all these businesses just to stay in touch and stuff. And I need to do a better job at emails, but, um, for the most part, I just try to do what I can do. And if I feel really anxious about something, I just don't do it. And it's just like not worth it. You know, this one asks, do I have social anxiety? How do I deal with it as an influencer? So again, setting boundaries. Um, I have my story replies off on my Instagram right now. And that's like the literal, like number one, no, no, as an influencer is turning those off because you're supposed to be in contact with your community and stuff like that. I felt really guilty for a long time for not loving to be in my DMS and stuff. And I love each and every single one of you so much. I appreciate you so much. And I wish that I had the capacity in my brain to not get so anxious when I think about DMS or when I open up my DM folder Someone, it could be 20 DMs of people telling me I'm the best person on the fucking planet and they love me so much and they uh, are obsessed with me, all these things. And um, it would still trigger the same amount of anxiety. So I had to set a boundary for myself um, and turning those DMs off and not overwhelmingly like making myself feel guilty about not answering DMs all the time. Like, obviously, I really wish I was the type of person who could. Uh, a lot of my friends do, and I really appreciate that about them. And I know that people who follow people on Instagram really appreciate responses from influencers and people like that. Um, but I had to get real with myself, especially in the past couple of months and be like, dude, you like wake up in the morning and are like short of breath thinking of your DMS. Like I am so, it makes my life genuinely so much more negative and turning those story replies off has honestly been a huge help for me. And it's made me start to fall back in love with my job again. Like truly it was like that big of a deal to me. And I was dealing with it for so long because like, you're not supposed to, you're supposed to be talking to your community. And that's why I like to do a lot of things with like question boxes on Instagram or polls or things like that, because I can go through all the responses. I'm not required to respond to them, but it's, it's how I can get an idea of what you guys are thinking, what you guys like, you know, things like that without me having to have one-on-one -on -one conversations with like every single person. Um, because again, it's just 
really, really anxiety triggering for me. And I truly wish it wasn't. And I'm so sorry if you're the person who's DM me and I haven't fucking answered you. I'm so sorry. I just, it's really hard for me to keep up with that. So I think setting that boundary has been truly transformative for me in the past two months, I think is when I did it two months ago and really helpful. And it's made me be a little more creative and made me enjoy um, being on social media a little bit more. Cause another thing I like to do is talk to you guys in the comments. Comments are really easy for me. I don't know what it is about DMs that triggers me so much, but um, comments are super easy. And if you guys ever have a question that you do want answered, ask it in the comments and I probably will get to it um, and pin your comment and everyone else can have the answer to it as well. So that's that. This one says how to enjoy places alone and taking myself on dates with social anxiety. So I think that taking myself on dates and doing things alone is the way that I soothe myself. Like I, I do get social anxiety. So like me going on a date by myself and someone seeing me like eating alone gives me less anxiety than like having to have a conversation with someone a lot of the time. Um, I think one, the way that I soothe my anxiety, anxiety is not only trying new things, but doing things that scare me or that are like a little bit weird or off or like, um, that make me intimidated doing those things like helps my anxiety so much, like going out to eat alone and like looking like the weirdo he's eating alone, like actually kind of gives me life and I love it. Also, you know, there is that other, uh, positive of being able to sit by myself and not having to have a conversation with somebody. Um, it just makes me really happy. So I think that going on dates by myself is like my cure for social anxiety and not cure, I guess my avoidance of social scenarios. <laughs> um, it, it makes everything better. Someone asked me for advice to anyone with anxiety right now. One thing that I have done for my whole like teen into my twenties now into my like mid twenties is I read a lot. Um, not full books or novels. A lot of the time I'll go on Pinterest and look at quotes about anxiety and reading other people's words about this problem that I have has been super helpful. Also, again, reminding myself to not take myself and my life and my anxiety too seriously because it's not fucking real. I'm like, it's, this is your brain chemistry. It's nothing more than that. Um, it's not who you are. It's just your brain tricking you basically. And I try to remind myself that as much as possible. Um, and just to kind of almost have like a humor about it has been really helpful. Um, this one, one question asked, how do you pick yourself back up or get out of a slump many days in a row? You know, I have no idea. I've been depressed. I've had, this episode has lasted for about two months, maybe longer. Um, and I'm just kind of writing it out. I'm letting it happen, not taking it too seriously, remembering to breathe. Um, and honestly looking for more, uh, ways to treat myself, um, treatment, meaning like literally treatment for depression, not like self-care treating myself, um, both of those really. But, um, I have started reading a book called, I think it's called change your brain, change your life by Daniel Amen. Um, he was on the skinny confidential him and her podcast talking about brains. And I'm really intrigued with the way he treats various mental disorders by brain imaging. Like he goes and, um, looks at the physical brain, which, sadly, like not a lot of people do. And, um, I'd really love to go into one of his clinics to do that. I think that'd be really interesting. Um, because I think that that the treatment that he can do after seeing an image of your brain is probably more effective than just like taking a medication and being experimental about it. Um, he also noted that in his book so far, the part that I've gotten to so far that like, he can look at people, people's brains, people who have depression, their brains, and they can be like fucked up in completely different ways. Some of them are overstimulated. Some of them are understimulated, et cetera, et cetera. So I really am actually wanting to go in and, um, 
have a, I think it's called a SPECT scan on my brain and see like what's going on because that might be really telling and helpful for treatment. But right now I'm just chilling, (laughs) trying not to take it too seriously and just trying to continue living my life as normal um, while I let it pass, hopefully soon. This one asks, this question asks, how do you bring it up to family, friends without looking dramatic? So for me with my family, I feel like that's out of the window. There's something about being there that just triggers me beyond with anxiety and depression, both um, when I go visit and stay like in uh, my family's home. Um, So with family, it's hard because it just depends on where you come from. It depends on how seriously your family takes mental health, what their view is on it, um, how progressive they are about it. Obviously, you're going to approach everyone differently. I think for me, now that I'm kind of approaching it with Joe a lot of the time, I um, I try to remain as even keeled as possible and very factual and kind of just like say it how it is rather than like um, expressing a lot of emotion about it and which is easy right now because I'm in a depression and I'm not very emotional about it. I'm like so like empty almost, <laughs> void of emotions. Um, besides humor, I can laugh about it, but uh, I just try to explain it as like frankly as possible and. Um, I find that really helps with like friendships and stuff too. I've had some friends in the pandemic who like developed anxiety and depression during the pandemic um, and with their job scenarios, you know, all crazy and stuff like that. And I hate that for anyone who hasn't had it before because I that must be really weird to like experience it for the first time. Um, and I've gotten closer with those friends because they're like, whoa, this is like what it feels like. And I'm like, yeah, welcome to the party. <laughs> It's scary all the time. Um, But no, having friends that have not experienced it, who have recently experienced it, has been pretty crazy. And talking with them about it has actually been soothing for me, and I hate it for them, you know? But either way, I think approaching it factually, learning about it yourself, learning about why it happens, how it happens, brain chemistry, etc., I feel like um, is really important so you can tell people about it that way. This one says, what do you do when you feel really anxious or like a panic attack is coming? So I feel really anxious lately. I don't know that I'm on the edge of a panic attack quite yet, but when I was young, I had them relatively frequently. I think me being home is um, a huge trigger for panic attacks and I get super triggered when I'm back in Fort Worth and in my family's house. Um, So I try to avoid that (laughs) as much as possible. Um... In the past, when I did experience a lot more anxiety attacks, uh, one way I would cope was to, and cope with anxiety in general, was um, binge eating. I was never a purger or anything like that. I would literally just binge to the point of feeling like paralyzed (laughs) by how much food I had, like Thanksgiving level full, but I would do that every single day, like literally of my childhood until college and even sometimes now. um, I would go crazy on the food because it would make me like subdued you know, and like in so much pain that I would just like lay down. That is how I dealt with anxiety. <laughs> that was my number one way to self-soothe and cope was um, food. Um, let's see. Uh, also, what I would do is like go on a run or something. If I would feel a panic attack coming on, which is like really scary, um, I would try to get out and run. Of course, that'd be me like at, you know, 1 p.m. on a school day, like sprinting down the street. <laughs> When I say run, I mean the literal full dead sprint to tire myself out. Um, and that was really helpful. Physical activity, really uh, rigorous 
physical activity when I felt a panic attack coming on was uh, how I also self-soothed. But I haven't had a panic attack in like a little while now. I had the last one I had was when I was home in Fort Worth um, a few months ago and it was only like a mild like mini one and I closed myself in a room and like literally it was just like having a mental breakdown. <laughs> but then I came out of the room and I was fine. Um, so I don't really have like a, a better answer, but I will say the one way I coped, I don't think the food route is one you should go down. Um, I don't know what, you know, I think people have a very interesting and, um, complicated rela- relationship with food sometimes. So that was mine. I was definitely a binger and I would just try to binge as much food as possible to make myself like lay down so tired, like literally relaxing after Thanksgiving level of full. Um, but I do think the strenuous exercise might be really helpful for some people. This one asks, what triggers your anxiety or does it come out of nowhere randomly? I have a lot of anxiety triggers. Like I said already, going home is one of them. Staying in my parents' house is definitely one of them. Being around a lot of people, a lot of noise, a lot of overstimulation um, can make me anxious. It just depends on the situation. Oddly enough, like the one place I really don't feel anxious at all is New York City. Um, I feel like the city is the only place I've ever been that moves at my pace. So I feel like everything's flowing properly in New York, but there is a lot of overstimulation there. And for some reason, it makes me calm and quiet. Um, I get triggered when mostly just too many people talking to me really triggers me. Um, I think that's part of the reason with being home. Like we have dogs and people in the house all the time. And like my mom doesn't work. And my little brother, whenever I'm home, is like always around too. And like, everyone's like up my ass trying to figure out what I want to do. And I'm just trying to work and do my life. And part of it is that, um, I think there's another component to it that I won't discuss as much, but, um, I do get triggered when there's just a lot of people around me and a lot going on, especially if I have to work or focus on something, I get really fucking triggered. So, um, I like to control my space. I like to keep things clean because mess and chaos really triggers me though. Um, that triggers my anxiety, but when you're depressed, you don't want to clean anything. So then everything gets gross and disgusting and you just kind of like, over, like look past it, which is one of those really interesting things about having both, uh, depression and anxiety (laughs) that, um, my, my depression sometimes can trigger my anxiety even more. Um, and sometimes it comes out of nowhere randomly. Um, yeah, it does. It, it really can pop up sometimes when I'm like trying to figure out what the trigger was and there really wasn't one. Um, so I think also another trigger for me is being still, um, and things being quiet and not things, nothing going on around me, um, on the opposite side of overstimulation gives me when I have too much time, I always fill my time. And again, it's kind of that point of my anxiety, a way I soothe it is to have a really long to do list and stuff like that. Um, and to be busy all the time, um, cause I feel the need to be busy. So then I, uh, indulge myself with busyness, which is not a great thing at all. Um, but yeah, another trigger, uh, can be things being not stimulating at all. So that's really interesting. (laughs) How do I cope with anxiety in social situations? Um, Honestly, not a good thing, but I've always medicated with alcohol. Like if I'm going to go and be in a social situation, if I'm at a bar or a club or whatever, you will catch me there pretty drunk. Um, That's how I deal with social anxiety. And I've I've done that since I was, you know, uh, late high school, early college. Um, I've always done that. I cannot imagine going to a bar sober. Like I have friends who do that and I'm like, how the fuck are you doing this? It's way too 
anxiety inducing. Um, it's not a great thing. And I think one way I've learned to kind of help with that is to really actually surround myself with people that I find to be really interesting, inspiring, like I said in the beginning. Um, and that's been really helpful for not using alcohol so much as a crutch, um, but being around people that I genuinely want to be around. Isn't that crazy what happens whenever you are around people you want to be around? You don't feel like you need to be blackout drunk around them. Um, weird. So anyways, yeah, that I also do a lot of stuff alone and, um, I do that because I'm anxious and it's easier for me to do things alone. A lot of the time I work by myself, (laughs) I hang out by myself all the time. Um, especially with Joe, like obviously being so far away from me and busy and stuff like that. Um, he doesn't really trigger my anxiety and I love to be around him. Um, but yeah, I do spend a lot of time alone and that most of the reason is because I'm anxious. Um, and I like to be by myself because I feel safe there. So, uh, dealing with social anxiety, I just try to, if I don't have alcohol or something like that to like kind of be a gentle social lubricant, I guess. Um, I just try to like, I honestly, honestly, I've kind of created like almost like a character. Like I kind of just like turn on something in my brain and I just like become what I think I'm supposed to become in a social situation. And it's a way that I have boundaries around myself and that I protect myself as I like turn it on. I can turn on the charm and the charisma and I just, um, do what I got to do in that situation. And then I go home and hang up by myself or with Joe or something. (laughs) So that's, yeah, three ways would be the bad way. Um, alcohol way. Number two, surrounding myself with people I actually want to be around who don't make me anxious. And number three is creating like this persona that deals with social situations well. Um, That's what I do, those are my three. How has being an influencer, creator impacted your anxiety and depression? Sometimes it triggers it, I will say, Um, especially the anxiety, especially with how many people are constantly wanting something from you, asking you questions, um, what brands want from you, what your management wants from you. Now I have a couple employees, so I'm always in contact with them and everyone wants something or needs something from you at a certain time to get the job done. And that can be really nerve wracking for me and it makes me feel pretty overexerted sometimes. But um, I've just learned to um, really step into the role better and realize that like if I'm going to do what I'm going to do as this job and have all the positives, I do need to deal with the negatives and learn how to do it well. So sometimes I hire out with things that make me anxious, like with my management, they can help me um, when it comes to negotiations and things like that that make me anxious. I have just tried to make a system that makes me the least anxious as possible so I can do better at my job. Um, I would say it's also been nice to be a creator and work for myself because I don't have to see people all day, every day. I can be alone by myself. I can work whenever I want to. Um, I can use work as my medicine when I want to, which is not a great thing, like I said before, but I can do that. I have the freedom to do that. And freedom is really, really important to me. So it's benefited me in that way. Um, I will say working for yourself, you kind of always feel like someone's going to take it from you. Like this job is going to be taken from me or you know, if I don't do this one thing right now, like nothing's going to get done tomorrow. Nothing's going to, I just get like really in my head and like really anxious about stuff in that way. And I always feel like I'm hanging on by a thread, even when I'm like fully not. Um, and it's propelling me forward because that anxiety propels me forward in a lot of ways. But, um, that's been a, a really difficult thing for me to deal with. And I haven't quite dealt with it yet. That need to be on all the time and that feeling that I need to be working all the time and feeling super guilty or weird, or like I'm gonna run out of money or something if I'm not working all the time. And I need to work on that majorly because I'm doing fine. (laughs) 
and I need to have time to relax and turn my brain off. Um, so some good things have happened based on my anxiety and depression, my experience with that as a creator and, um, some more negative things. This one says, how can you tell the difference between regular stress, like regular life things and actual anxiety and depression? I can tell these things apart quickly, um, in my own self. I usually handle stress and like pressure really well, actually. Um, I'm, I pride myself on that too. Like I'm pretty good at dealing with things like that, um, and handling stress and all that. And I actually put stress on myself to handle the anxiety because I feel like when I'm stressed out, I have less anxiety, um, in a way, which is kind of weird. Um, anxiety is just this like weird, breathless feeling that I have constantly. And I can immediately tell when something's more obviously real life stressful. Um, and again, I deal with that way better. It's hard for me to explain it though. And I, I wish I had the words, but maybe I'll, I'll think on it some more and then share, um, the answer to that more specifically later. So this one, this question asks, um, have you ever been on birth control and did that affect it? So I mentioned before, I don't love to be on medications all the time. Um, and yes, I've been on birth control. I've been on a few birth controls. Some made it much, much worse somehow, which I didn't even know was freaking possible. Got off of those immediately. Um, and what I found was that I just um, don't work well on birth control. Uh, I really get nervous about hormones and things like that um, and m messing with them just because of my situation with anxiety and depression. And when I was on one specific birth control, I can't remember what it, what it was. It was so bad, like so much worse than it already is most of the time. So, um, it was like my most depressed and most anxious, but like all the time. So, um, I got off medication, that birth control, um, then, and I've just been like freaking, crossing my fingers at this point. Um, and like using condoms and stuff, of course, consult your doctor talk if birth control works for you. It works for you. If you find one you like, there's plenty of options. There's also the IUD, um, and things like that, that are more like, uh, that less are less likely to affect your mood and all that stuff. Um, obviously do what you got to do. Do not take doctor advice from me. Cause I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but in my experience, a lot of the times it would make my depression and anxiety worse sometimes, and it just wasn't worth it to me. So I'm just risking it for the biscuit. <laughs> Um, in that sense, because truly I, I can't imagine having more anxiety and depression than I already have or having more intense, you know, like ugh, it was awful y'all. So yes, I got off of it and no, I'm not currently on birth control. And yes, it did affect my mood, um, and my hormones even more. So that's where I'm going to stop. Um, I think to summarize really, um, one of the biggest questions I was asked is like, how do I deal with it? How do I soothe it? How do I help myself when I'm in a rut or um, depressed and anxious and all these things? Obviously, both of them happen together most of the time because they're always happening, always in tandem. Sometimes the anxiety is worse. Sometimes the depression is worse. Sometimes they're both kind of the same amount. Um, and they both need different, quote, treatments from me, I think. Um I do think one big thing, like I've said, is taking risks, learning new things, going out there and doing new things, traveling, moving, whatever it is. I find myself doing those types of things a lot because those are pretty helpful. And I think that I remember what it's like to feel alive in moments like that. Um, really stressful situations, um, things, hard situations, rough situations, like tough conversations, um, confrontation with friends and family about things. Um, uh, some of those bigger moments, the more pivotal ones, I, uh, soothe my anxiety. And, um, like I said, I think that there's a lot of science behind, 
um, you know, creating new neural pathways in your brain and learning new things and all of that stuff. And I think that that's really helpful um, for anxiety for me. Of course, I don't know all the science behind it, but I know that that's good for your brain. And I will say that it has helped a bit with anxiety and depression. Um, I'm still coping, still learning, still trying to figure out how to deal with them though. I wouldn't say that I have all the answers at all. So that's why I've been a little hesitant to talk about it a lot because I don't really have these answers for y'all. I'm right here in the middle of it in the thick of it, learning about it as I go. And, um, I would really like to know a lot more about the brain and like why it functions the way that it does. And, you know, depressed brains and things like that. But, um, I will say the new, the trying new things, learning new things has been really helpful. Um, and again, switching into autopilot when I need to, or playing the part when I need to, and I don't feel like it, you know, just doing what I think I should be doing, doing what I think the future me wants me to be doing while I'm in a depressive episode or when I'm feeling really anxious. Um, and then one thing I need to learn to do more is give myself grace, give myself a break, let myself relax. I mean, I think that'd be probably helpful, not sub- like being more subdued and not succumbing to my anxiety as much, I think. And keeping go, go, go mentality, um, just to soothe myself, um, is probably not great. Lastly, I will say a huge help for me is not taking it too seriously. Like I've already said, go on Pinterest, read quotes about anxiety, depression from people who are artists and poets. And it's always these people, right. That have these, um, mental disorders too, which is kind of funny to me. Um, cause they create them like the most beautiful things in the world, um, that we all gawk at or listen to or read. And they oftentimes do have issues with especially depression I've noticed. Um, so reading the words of people like that has been really helpful and getting perspective and it's taught me not to take everything too seriously. And I can also leave a couple quotes on my Instagram about that when this episode comes out for you guys to reference. You can look at that on my Instagram story. Uh, I'll put them in the quotes folders that I have already. I have some quotes or I'm sorry, quotes highlights on my story. Actually, I actually have two of those and there's already some in there about anxiety and depression. Uh, definitely go look at that if you guys struggle from this as well because sometimes those the words from other people really give me perspective and again remind me to not take it so damn seriously because when you don't take it so seriously you don't give it enough you know you don't give it a ton of merit in your head which somehow makes it better you know what I mean that's another tip that I have in closing uh but thank you guys so much for asking your questions I wish I could answer every single one of them I answered most of the ones that I saw like there were a lot of duplicates obviously and I do like talking about this and I do like sharing it because it's cathartic for me in a way uh to talk through how I'm feeling but also I think it needs to be talked about a lot more especially depression I think anxiety is talked about and I think depression's kind of joked about and people touch on it and I think sometimes people confuse it with sadness and stress and all these other things but the mental health discussion has been much more normalized than it was for our parents and grandparents and stuff but we can just continue to talk about it and make it more normal so our children have a world to grow up in where they feel normal even if they're feeling a little depressed and anxious and they can talk about it and I think that that really helps with like alleviating it and finding treatments that work and things like that. So I'm really happy that you guys are interested in this subject and I wish I could talk about it more, but again, I'm just learning and figuring things out as I go as well. So I'm right here with y'all, um, (laughs) in the thick of it. Uh, but this is my experience and this is how I've dealt with anxiety and depression for my entire life. And I hope that was helpful to you guys. I can do more episodes about this too as well. And I can talk to people who also experience it, maybe some doctors, who knows, who knows what I'll, who I'll have on note to self in the future. So thank you guys so much for listening. Please, please, please. If you feel, um, inspired by this or anything, please leave a review on Apple podcasts. 
you can subscribe to the podcast there, leave a rating and a review. If you have time, that would be so amazing. I love reading y'all's reviews. Um, we want the five star rating for sure. That would be great. If you listen on Spotify, if you click follow, um, that's how you quote subscribe to the podcast on Spotify. That would be amazing as well. Make sure you're following note to self pod on TikTok. I'm kind of experimenting with how to position the podcast on TikTok, and it's actually been really fun. Um, so follow me on TikTok for, you know, aesthetic videos and, um, you know, clips from the podcast that I like, or that my assistant liked, or someone told me to record whatever it is. So follow me there. You can follow me on Instagram at Peyton Sarton. Obviously I'm always up and Adam on Instagram, like all damn day, all the time. Um, I'm also really proud of my Instagram feed lately. I feel like the content has started to be like what I, the content that I really like. Um, and I've kind of found like a style that I love and I'm feeling a little bit inspired lately in that way. So follow me on Pinterest. You can, or I'm sorry, whoa, Pinterest on Instagram. You can also follow me on Pinterest. I've been pinning a lot lately. Other than that, uh, I pretty much have nothing else for y'all. I'm going to be in LA for the next couple of weeks. So not going anywhere crazy or anything like that. So I'll be around and Uh, Make sure you guys check out my latest YouTube video, The Office Tour. I'm super excited to share that with y'all. And I have kind of just a real moment, a real check-in with you guys when it comes to The Office and how nerve-wracking it is to have one, but how wonderful it is. So if you have not seen that video, please go watch it and give me a little like if you liked that video. Um, You can also comment as well. Helps my engagement. You know the vibes. So now that self-promotion corner is over. Thank you guys yet again so much for listening to Note to Self. I really appreciate each and every single one of you. I might not always answer your DMs, but I truly do appreciate you all. Um, if you listen to this podcast, you it just means the world to me. And I really, really thank you um, for doing that. And otherwise, I have not much else to say. So I will see you guys next Tuesday.